someone who uh to get into the tour here and look in the rearview mirror a little bit and get your opinion on a couple of things. But uh, let's start off with the tour because we got you in our market in in the IE at the Glass House coming up here on October the 29th, Spite and Oceano. And I'm kind of curious where this all kind of came from. I figured your next tour would be another Graveside Confessions tour, but instead we're celebrating the 15th anniversary of Dead in My Arms album. Talk about that decision. Uh, you know what? For fun, to be honest with you, you know, we've never really done an anniversary tour before, and we had considered doing one in 2020 for the 10 years of Hell Chose Me, but um, obviously the pandemic happened, and, and so that tour never took place. And so I think when we were, you know, figuring out, well, hey, what, you know, what are we going to schedule for the fall here? What are we thinking? You know, it was 15 years for the first record. There was kind of this renewed interest in the genre, you know, definitely have gotten like a new wave of, of deathcore fans in, in the last year. Like basically, I guess kind of since the lockdown, you know, since since the pandemic, it seemed like a lot of new fans found deathcore and, and that record had, had sort of been reappreciated in a new way. And we said, you know, let's just have some fun. Let's, let's give some time to our first record. Let's do something special for the fans. And yeah, it's a little different. We're not pushing the new, new record, but yeah, it doesn't always have to be about that. No, it doesn't, doesn't, and cool to see, and, and I like that, it, this renewed uh, interest in death metal, and you're like, all right, well, let's everyone remind everybody who the kings are and Carnifex, and <laughs> I love the, uh, the the re-record collab with Adam Warren of Oceano and Light of My Face. Mm-hmm. How did that, I imagine that was after the tour was booked, you said, hey, do you want to do this thing? Uh, we kind of all, it was kind of all together, you know, we, we wanted to, you know, again, it's kind of just, let's have some fun. You know, Adam is a friend. We've, we've been touring with Oceano since I think we did our first tour together in 2009 or 10. So, you know, we've been on the road together for such a long time. And then uh, when we knew they were going to be able to do the tour with us, uh, it was like, Hey, let's have some fun. Let's re-record the song, and then let's let's have a good friend on it that other people, you know, fans will obviously know and appreciate too. So it, it was really all pretty much uh, kind of just from a sense of trying to have a good time. I like that. You know, you guys doing that, and recently Lamb of God did a cover of a Megadeth tune while they were out on tour. Kind of, kind of cool thing to see bands teaming up in the studio to kind of help promote the tour, since that's kind of where the business is these days. And also, kind of begs the question: Are you going to do Slit Wrist Savior with uh, Darius of Spite then too, or just the one? <laughs> just the one. I mean, that actually it would have been a cool idea. Um, no, no, no plans for any more re-releases at at this time. But that is a good idea. <laughs> I figured that was going to be like neck. You'd be like, oh, it's coming out next week, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. I mean, we did do a re-record of Slit Wrist that was on uh, the graveside, but it was no no guests though. It was just just the band. And I wonder, too, because when you did Dead in My Arms, only a four-piece at that point, right? Now a five-piece, I wonder if there's any more uh, guitar parts to be figuring out. Yeah, you know, you're right. There is. And we, we added some some harmonies and some melodies that, like, the original tracks didn't have that just kind of makes them sound a little a little more full, you know, a little more learned. You know, we were, we were super young when we did that record, so it's easy to hear our, our own mistakes or kind of our own missed opportunities. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some places where we kind of, you know, tightened it up or switched it up just a little bit. And I would think just after all this time, just starting your first album that all these years later that you would do the full re-record just because technology is so much better. Sound is so much better. 
Yeah, you know, I always kind of shied away from it because it felt kind of, you know, maybe cash grabby in a way like, oh, we're not going to write new songs. We'll just re-record this old dish. But I, I don't think the fans have that point of view. So I kind of had to come around to doing the re-records because, you know, as a, as a musician, you're it's always about your next thing. You know, no matter how good or bad a release does, really all that matters is what's next. And so I think I always just kind of had that forward point of view and we're going back well, it's just kind of a gimmick you know like it's not new music so who cares but my mind has sort of changed on that thing the the reaction from the fans that you know they do enjoy it and they do realize you know it's not like some you know uh cash grab thing it's just to have a good time and, and give the fans some something more to listen to you know yeah help them escape back to reality 15 years ago or whatever and hear all those <laughs> tunes again you know right. And, you know, speaking of... Yeah, right. None of us were worrying back then. (laughs) (laughs) Or not at least about the same things that we are now and with this whole pandemic and everything. But kind of curious, too, man. You're SoCal, I mean, San Diego, playing at the Glass House. Do you remember the first time either going to or playing at the Glass House? Any any memories of playing in Pomona or being in Pomona before? Yeah, actually, I I can actually tell you my first show at the Glass House. It was a very long time ago. It was In Flames headlining on the Horacle album which so i think it's 2000 maybe it was oh, a long wow. time ago i was pretty yeah i was it was still when they had that they had like that side stage if you remember they had like a second stage still and stuff it venue was set up a little bit different but yeah that was the first show i went to at the glass house and then i think the first time i played the glass house uh maybe 2010 uh when winds of plague was doing their uh um december decimation uh, hometown show we were on there on that tour it was it was a plague after the burial carnifex and then then they did like a hometown festival and it was called december's decimation i think it was 2010 so that was my first show at glass house was in 2010 that sound, sounds about right. Yeah, crazy. Speaking of winds at play, crazy to see what Art Cruz is doing. Mentioned Lamb of God earlier and, and the way that guy's career has taken off. Yeah, yeah. Art, Art was playing drums for him back then. Um, it's where we got to know all those guys. And, you know, Plague was like on top of the world in 2010. They were they were crushing. They were one of the biggest deathcore bands around. So it, it was good times, good memories for sure. I still love Winds of Plague. Those records are awesome. Yeah, and they, they got to play, you got to play with them recently at the uh, summer, or not the summer slaughter. What was it? The uh, uh, Chaos, Chaos and Carnage. Carnage. Yeah, at the Anaheim show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're, they're a great band. I've always enjoyed their music. It was funny seeing Art Cruz backstage at that show, and I was like, man, was it weird seeing someone else play your parts? And he's like, yeah, it was a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could imagine. I do want to uh, talk about, that was the last time I saw you, but I wanted to go back to the time before, more the Graveside Confessions tour and, and the Up From the Sewer tour. Got to see you guys at the uh, Blasco and uh, with the late, great Trevor Sternad and the Black Dahlia murder and was hoping you could uh, maybe share a story or two of, of Trevor and then also maybe touch upon them continuing on with Brian putting down the guitar and picking up the microphone. Yeah, man, that was an emotional tour, to you know, to be honest with you, because it, we had so many kind of factors coming together. You know, all of us had been off because of the pandemic for so long, which, you know, it wasn't just like a financial crush and like a a work crush. It was like an identity crush because, you know, really since March of 2006, when we started touring, it's been my life. You know, my existence is just being on tour and planning the next tour and getting ready for the next tour and throw a record out here and there. But it's really just about the tours, you know, and, you know, losing our co-headline tour with Three Teeth, the Meta X tour, the way we did was really tough because that was a tour we had worked really hard on. And like uh, 
we were 12 hours away from the first show. So we had like all our ticket sales and our VIP sales and the tour was doing really good. It was like our best selling tour. And then we got it canceled, you know, at the 11th hour. Mm-hmm. So that was like hard, not just financially, but like on a kind of like a emotional level. It was just, it just felt very defeating, you know? And that wasn't a unique experience for, for us musicians. You know, a, a lot of people really sort of felt like, uh, you, you know, kind of lost touch with your identity and your purpose. And Trevor and I really connected with those feelings when we got out on the road together last September. We we didn't talk a whole lot during the pandemic. You know, we DM'd a few times because that Up From the Sewer tour was, was actually a tour that had gotten rescheduled, I think, three times because of the pandemic. So, we, we, you know, we were kind of talking about that occasionally. But we never really, you know, had anything to chew on. It's just pretty superficial. And then we got out on the road and, and we really started spending some time together and hanging out. And, you know, to be honest with you, I found myself looking at Trevor saying, man, he's got it figured out. You know, he, he seemed to be in such a better place than I was. I was still kind of trying to come out of this sort of depression and, and feeling like, you know, we're kind of these unnecessary, you know, silly entertainers that no one really needs. And that it's all pretty frivolous in the end. And, you know, and then Trevor kind of really helped me like let go of that and and sort of just accept like oh you know what we do is important to these people in the moment you know and and stuff like that and I mean that was a six week tour and we we saw each other every day for six weeks and then man to hear what happened it was really like getting a rug pulled out from under you because I didn't think it like I was like I said I was looking at him going he's got the smile on his face he's he's got it figured out. I need to be more like Trevor and let go of this insecurity, let go of the anxiety and and just have fun, you know, get out there and enjoy it. See the smiles on people's faces. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, man, Trevor's got it figured out. I got to, I got to get on his level. They've been out here longer than we have 22 years on the road, whatever it is. And then to hear what happened, it just, you know, for me, I I just kind of couldn't make sense of it. Not, Not that there was any sense to make of it, but I just couldn't, I could, one plus one wasn't adding up, you know, it didn't make yeah. sense. And to be honest with you, I'm still, you know, it's still open wound for me. You know, uh, there's not really been much closure there, to be honest. Yeah, I feel the same way. I've gotten gotten to interview him over the years. And I mean, not on the level, you know, on the friendship that you do, but certainly talked to him over the years and gotten to hang out with him a couple of times. And same thing, man. He sounded so good. I talked to him when that, that last album came out and he was like, I'm doing yoga and trying to lose weight. And like, he seemed like he was in a really good place. And so it was, I was just as shocked as you. But the thing I always kind of think about and, and miss from him was his laugh. I thought he had one of the best laughs. <laughs> Do you have any fun story you can recount drinking with him, making him making you laugh or anything like that? <laughs> Man, he, yeah, you know, we did a lot of tours together. I think we first toured together in 2010 out in Europe uh, with the Faceless and Necrophobic, Black Dahlia Carnifex. It was a good, great tour a long time ago. Uh, it was when they were touring on Deflorate, I think. Um, shit, man, we had some fun times. I, You know, I, it's kind of hard to, like, nail a particular, particular one, but I, it, it, the laugh, you know, like the humor, the lightheartedness, the the effort to see joy in other people that that's what i miss you know because like tour can be a little uh you know grindy some days and people kind of can get in a rut of sort of just 
kind of you can kind of complain about easy about the small shit and he never did that and so to me it was always like you know, he was like a mentor looking up to like an older brother type thing. Um, you know, we're kind of the old guys in death course. We, like, we don't have many of those people <laughs> or bands around. So they were, they were like one of the few like older brother bands to us, you know, like them, Cannibal. I mean, that's kind of it, you know, like those are just a few of those bands. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic, tragic. Well, glad to see that they're continuing on and, and uh, will be interesting to see or hear Brian on vocals. Yeah, I I know Brian has a good voice, uh, but you know, what he's got to put his dancing shoes on if he wants to be the front man. You know, it's it's a whole other animal. I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll crush it. And I know you know the he has the support of the fans, which that's really where it all comes from is is off of the energy of the fans. So I'm sure he'll do just fine. He's got a great voice. Everything else can be learned. You know. Totally, totally. Well, dude, I appreciate all the time. Just a couple last things I wanted to hit you with, and we had kind of talked about it earlier, you know, whether or not this tour would be another Graveside Confessions. Do you feel like there's more to do with that album, or are you already working on the next album? To be honest with you, we're, we already moved on. You know, that record came out kind of in the, the, the back half of the pandemic, and, you know, truth be told, it, it didn't really get the eyes that it should have got just because there was there was so much going on in the world and we didn't have a budget to promote it. You know, uh, digital ads are, are basically the, the only way you can reach your fan base on social media now. And we were really in a cash crunch during the pandemic. So we did the best we could on the record and we put it out there and it's there for everyone to listen to it that wants it. But to be honest with you, not a whole lot of people found it. So what's next? That's, you know, that's the name of the game is what's next. So we're six songs deep into this new record. And um, we're going back to Jason Sukoff out in Florida, which is nice. Last record we, we did at our home studio. Obviously, we were, we were locked down. Um, so, you know, it's nice to kind of have more of, a, more, more of a traditional record again where we get to go to the studio, work with a friend, spend a lot of time on it, have a few bucks to promote it. So I feel like Graveside was, it was like a COVID release almost, you know, it was just <laughs> such a different, there's just so much, so many curveballs happening that it, it kind of is a misfit in itself. So, you know, Hey, what's next? That's the name of the game. Well, I love it and love to hear that you're working uh, with Jason Sukoff talking about another character in, in, <laughs> in the metal world. <laughs> yeah. Jay's so awesome. He's a great guy. Another good laugh. And uh, we're thinking about probably next year, right? We're not going to get to that this year. No, no, no. We're, we got a, the rest of the year's tours. You know, we're doing the Dead of My Arms tour here. Uh, uh, and then we're going out to Europe and doing it with Chelsea Grin. They're doing their self-titled EP, their first release as well. So it's like a co-anniversary. Should be a real fun tour. And then uh, we get back. We got to finish writing um, through January and February. And then we're going to hit the studio kind of in the early spring there. And then I think we'll probably start letting singles come out around May. And then the record itself will probably come out, you know, late summer, probably about this time next year, next year, September-ish. Cool, man. Well, I look forward to that. Scott, I just got one last question for you. We are one of those old school radio stations. We do mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m. And I was just trying mm. to think if if you had to, for charity or something, if you had to do a Metallica cover, what, what do you think would lend your voice that what would be best for your voice or what would you want to do we, we've talked about metallica covers and here are the two i've always said fuel and king nothing 
you know, because I, I remember mandatory Metallica. I grew up listening to, Man- you know, Rock 105.3, Rock 102.1 down here in SD. They did mandatory Metallica, Slab of Slayer, all that stuff. And I remember listening to that stuff. I was like 11, 12 and loving it. So uh, I'm glad you guys are still doing it. But yeah, it, King Nothing or, or Fuel, those, those, would, those are two of my favorites. Wow, two, I wouldn't think it would be anything past Injustice in for All, man. And you're talking load and reload. I'm, I'm, I'm young, man. You got, you got to remember, like, I was getting, I was, like, watching MTV when Load came out. And I know, like, you know, old school fans may have had a problem with it. But for me, that was my first time hearing Metallica. And I thought King Nothing was fucking heavy. I didn't know the difference, you know? <laughs> well, certainly Fuel, I won't argue with. I think that's probably one of their, their best songs from that era. But uh, King Nothing, uh, wow. Especially for a deathcore guy like yourself. Like, wasn't expecting that. I was like, first two albums Oh, only. we can make it heavy as shit. We can make it heavy <laughs> as shit, dude. You know, where's your crown? King Nothing, I'll beat down. We can make it gnarly. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I love what you did with the corn uh, cover on the last album, too. That was fun. It was fun. Yeah, that's the thing with the covers is we kind of pick bands that, you know, we love like, you know, back in the day from, from kind of when we all got started. So, you know, we did Nine Inch Nails, we did Claire, we did Slipknot, we did Corn. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do next. We're kind of not sure, you know, because we want to be a good one. So, hey, you know, we're taking recommendations. Maybe it will be Metallica. Yeah. I'm <laughs> throw, everyone, throw everyone off. <laughs> nah, I'm putting in my votes for Metallica, dude. That'd be rad to hear Fuel for sure. That'd be a fun one for sure. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time, and can't wait to see you out there at the Glass House. Awesome, man. I'll see you out there. Thanks. Bye-bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.